Greetings. Thank you guys so much for stopping by and making Paranormal Prowlers podcast part of your day. The lovely tunes you just heard, as always, is courtesy of my awesome friend, Bobby Mackey, and I'm your host, Tessa Morrow. Happy New Year's, you guys. We we made it. We, we made it out of the train wreck that was 2020. It's like, what a year, right? I know we had good times. We had bad times. We all went through stuff. And we all went through one thing that was the same. And that was the virus. Shire Dells in England lies a little village known as Am. And I've seen many videos and it's always like pronounced differently. Some call it Am, some call it Am, some Am. It's like, I don't know. But it is a gorgeous area, beautiful burial grounds, and the building structures, many created from cobblestone. Am has been through a lot throughout the centuries. It has a deep, dark, deadly history that dates back to 1665. Picture it. Am Village, the year 1665. A package from London arrives. The village's local tailor, Alexander Hadfield receives the package, and a few days later, his assistant, a man named George Vickers, he opens that package. (sighs) He sighs as he notices the garment inside is wet. I mean, what a pain. But it's more pain than he or the village will ever imagine. Not too long after opening this package, George Vickers, he dies suddenly and rather unexpectedly. He was a healthy man. What the hell's going on here? Soon, more people in the household start to drop dead, quite literally, like flies. The illness left people suffering via vomiting, often keeling over in excruciating pain, bleeding, and their skin. Well, that was turning black. I mean, it was utterly terrifying. No one knew what was killing their fellow village people, but it was soon obvious to all that this wasn't some common cold just floating about. Something far more sinister, far more deadly was hitting them, and it was hitting them hard and unforgiving-like, surrounding them, waiting to claim more victims. (laughs) 
the Great Plague of London. The disease was spreading like wildfire. People were utterly terrified. And I mean, who can blame them? Look at us today in 2021. Haha, <laughs> 2021. But mostly it was all 2020. We were dealing with the coronavirus, COVID-19, the Rona. We're still dealing with it. We all know about social distancing, becoming best friends with sanitizer, and wearing the suffocating masks. And for those that wear the gloves, hmm, making for sweaty hands and the paranoia. I mean, some are so deeply paranoid that they cringe when they even hear a cough near them. (coughs) Oh my God, run for the hills. It's something new we're having to adapt to. I'm still not used to it. I I go to the store and I'm like, ah, shit, where's my mask? You know, I mean, it's just one of those things that, and then people get mad at me saying, look, you should be used to this shit already. And it's like, well, not really. I'm 38 years old. There I am giving away my age. But, you know, I, I lived 37 years of my life not having to do this stuff. It's hard to adapt. It really is. But it's something that nevertheless, we're having to adapt to. I don't know about you, but I often pray that someday soon things will go back to normal. You look back in time and, you know, people have dealt with the swine flu, the bubonic plague, the great black plague. I mean, so many different things. And yeah, there were casualties. People died and that was horrifying, but it passed For the people who survived this, it passed. And the virus we're dealing with right now, that's going to pass too. But, you know, we had to change our way of living. And it's no different back in 1665. However, I think it's easy for us, easier for us, as we have TV and other things that back then in the 1600s, they didn't have. The village got together and a meeting was conducted. Things to do to stop the spreading of this deadly disease. For instance, they relocated the church services from their small church to a larger open area, the amphitheater of Cucklet, Delph. This allowed villagers to attend services, but to space out majorly, separating from one another. This reduced the risk of spreading further on. Another thing the villagers were told to do was easier said than done, bury your own dead. Now, this was no easy thing, but it had to be done. And in some households, the number of deaths, well, they were staggering, wiping out almost entire families. One woman alone, a woman named Elizabeth Hancock, she ended up having to bury her husband and their six children within an eight-day span. Oh my God, that poor woman. I can't even imagine. Almost every day, this woman was having to bury one of her loved ones. Their burial site is known as the Riley Graves, named after the farm where they lived and I believe that they're buried on. These were desperate times, horrifying times, lonely times, and yes, of course, deadly times. Possibly the hardest thing the people had to do was quarantine the entire village, meaning they cannot step foot out of AM. It was important not to spread the disease to the neighboring villages, or it just would not stop. This was easier said than done, of course, as the town's vicar witnessed the fellow villagers frantically trying to pack their shit up and flee. He knew this would be the cause of spreading the infection, and that just simply could not happen. No, not on his watch. 
But with the meeting of the village, surprisingly, all the people agreed, yes, we'll stay. I mean, this was this meant death to many, but it would not spread. So they sacrificed themselves so the neighboring villagers would remain safe. One case involves two young lovers, Emma Seidel and the love of her life, Roland Tory. The tale goes that one lived in the plague village, the other lived in a nearby village. Every day they would meet in a special place, safely distance, of course. They would be able to see each other, hear each other's voices. Just know, you're okay. I love you, you know? Well, longing to be in each other's arms, that will never happen, unfortunately. One day, Roland stood waiting the lady of his dreams. She never showed up. Sadly, he found out the plague claimed her life. I can only imagine how many love stories ended like this, you know, divided by the plague, separated by death. The neighboring villages were sympathetic and the villagers wanted to help out in any way possible without getting sick, of course. So holes, they were drilled into these large, gigantic rocks, more like boulders, if you will. And they would fill those large boulders, holes, with vinegar and then they would put the coins in the vinegar and this would kill any disease germs contamination and what have you this is how the villagers in Ian would pay for things that were being delivered from outside the village limits instead of exchanging money from the sickly hand it would be instead safely disinfecting itself in the vinegar i mean it was genius right so In return for the money, the neighboring villagers would put the requested supplies on marked rocks. It was a wonderful system that worked really well, and it went on for several months. The plague lasted close to a year and a half. That's 18 months, my friends. And to think, it all started with a damp cloth mailed from London. And it turns out this damp cloth was infected with fleas. Eh, fleas that probably lived on rats and found their way to cloth, infecting it and then infecting the people. Fleas, what horrible creatures. I, I just need to jump off base real quick. And I remember when I moved to North Carolina a few years ago, up until then, I never in my whole life had any encounters with the flea, that pesky pest. But boy, after hurricane season, they sure let their presence be known. We even evacuated and we came back like two or three weeks later and our animals were still victims of the hurricane because they ended up getting eaten alive by the flea. It made their lives and our lives miserable. It almost seems it's like a psychological thing. It, It messes with your head because it's hard to get rid of them. It's not just like a couple ants that you could just like, you know, kill or for the people who don't like to kill bugs relocate outside you know it's not like that it's like they're everywhere you clean you shampoo your carpets you wash your animals even to your cat's dismay howling like she's being killed in the bathtub i mean it's just horrible right well no then you keep finding them and then you keep finding them and then they keep biting seeing them painfully bite my dog and cat that was annoying and i even got bit by one i was like what the hell i was actually writing for an episode for this podcast and i look down and i see this little thing on me and i feel pain and i'm like oh my god that was a flea i could only imagine how the em villagers felt when their loved ones were dying because of the flea 
it was annoying to me to see my animals get hurt, but oh my God, I could only imagine something so horrible being responsible for the death of your loved ones. Oh my God. So out of the population of 350 people in Eam village, only 83 survived this deadly plague. In 18 months, this wiped out almost the whole village and it would have been a hell of a lot worse if they didn't quarantine like they did. What's interesting is that many of the people who survived remained very close contact with those who died. Was it that their immune systems were stronger? Like, for example, Elizabeth Hancock, the poor heartbroken woman who buried her own family. They all remained in the same house and she cared for them, not keeping her distance and burying them. As we know, doing this, the disease can be spread, but she never was infected. Another person who survived, amazingly enough, was the town's grave digger. And you know, even though people were supposed to bury their own, he still handled and came into contact with many of the infected bodies. Since the 200th year anniversary, that being in 1866, the village, well, I guess 201st, the village of Eam celebrates Plague Sunday. It takes place on the last Sunday of August each year. Every plague Sunday, the people who live in Eam lay a wreath on the headstone of a woman named Catherine Mompesson, the vicar, William Mompesson's wife. When people started getting sick, and it was evident that not everybody was going to, you know, make it out of this alive, he tried to send his wife and children away so they would not be affected by this. They would be safe and away from harm and illness and so that he can work to fight the plague without having to worry about his family. She refused to leave her husband's side, and she decided to stay in the plague village with her husband and villagers. And they sent their children off to stay with relatives in Yorkshire. Sadly, Catherine, she did not survive. And it was right at the tail end. Actually, it was within the final days of the plague when she died. She almost made it. William mentioned that the day before his beloved Catherine died, that she mentioned to him that she noticed the sickly, sweet smell in the air. She's remembered for her bravery. She had an out to leave the village and she stayed. Today, Im Village is a thriving location, very popular with tourists. Many of the businesses and homes have been well-preserved. And when you go there today, it looks very much like it did back in the 1600s. The Great London Plague continues to haunt the villagers of Eam. The headstones of the victims, well, that's a constant reminder. A quick dissection of the nursery rhyme, Ring Around the Rosy, as many know, Ring Around the Rosy, is in reference to rosy red rash marks that would appear on the skin. Now, this is one of the first signs that a person had contracted the plague. A pocket full of posies. Centuries ago, people truly believed that if they stuffed their pockets with flowers, this superstition was believed to fend off the deadly disease. Ashes, ashes, obviously that refers to the cremains, people being cremated. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. We all fall down. Death, the final fall. 
With the history that AIM has, it's absolutely no surprise that it is thought to be majorly haunted. Many people, locals and visitors alike, have had encounters and experiences here. One of the most haunted locations in the village is a pub that dates back to 1630 called the Miner's Arms. Now, the Miner's Arms, it's believed to have several resident spirits, including an old woman dressed in a black frock and two girls, Sarah and Emma, who barely lived into their teens when a drastic fire at the pub claimed their lives. People have heard unexplained footsteps coming towards them while at the pub, and many of the plague victims are thought to be here too. So who's behind the footprints? <laughs> it's a long list, my friends. Not only is the Miner's Arms a pub, it's also an inn, and people stayed the night and people staying the night have witnessed seeing their doors open and close all by themselves. And it's not uncommon for someone to abruptly leave in the middle of the night due to paranormal activity. Throughout the cemetery are headstones. Many are victims from the plague. Many people have gotten chills and goosebumps while around these tombs and many feel like they're not alone and they're being watched and I only know that feeling all too well. Many of the homes are haunted as well. One cottage has a resident spirit which is that of a friendly old woman. She smiles often and she's seen in a blue smock. She has been known to wake up people in the middle of the night. Well if she's friendly she better be offering some cookies if she's waking me up in the middle of the night right? Mm-hmm. There's one cottage known as the Plague Cottage, and it had so much strange activity occurring that the owner started to look into things that he could do to kind of, you know, perhaps either slow things down or hopefully just stop it completely. One Christmas, the owner burned some holly. Many consider the burning of holly on Christmas, mm, uh-uh, dude, extremely poor taste and very bad luck. As the man burned the holly, things turned for the worst. As the holly was burning, he suddenly heard unexplained sounds coming from the chimney. Moans, groans, and a rattle-like sound. He pulled the metal plate and suddenly a bundle falls to the ground. Even though at the time this happened, the plague occurred like 200 years earlier, the man was extremely paranoid, thinking that this mysterious bundle was connected to the package from London that started it all. And who knows, maybe it was, but he doesn't know because he was so frightened he didn't even open the bundle, but threw it in the fire and left it to burn completely. The man claimed that after this eerie incident, nothing else strange happened in the cottage. Eam Hall is another place that's active with paranormal happenings. It is believed that the spirit of a young girl named Sarah Mills, who drowned when she fell into the village well long ago, haunts the hall. A man's apparition has also been seen here. He often looks angry, then vanishes before people's eyes. Many more hauntings occur here, and about on a daily basis, ghost hunts and paranormal investigations and tours take place here. You know, throughout the ages, we have seen many illnesses, epidemics, and pandemics claim precious human life. We've, of course, heard of the Great Plague of England. There was also the Great Plague of Russia, Ireland, Iceland, Vienna, and Scotland as well. 
the bubonic plague, the yellow fever, so many others. The list, they're staggering. Those including the plague that plagued Eam Village ended and coronavirus will end too, my friends. We just have to hang in there, you know? And for those who lost their lives to all the plagues, may they eternally rest in peace. And for those who lost someone through this coronavirus, I am so, so sorry for your loss. I myself had a scare when somebody very close to me, who I I think the world of contracted COVID while in the hospital. Now, for now, she's doing okay. And for the people who are suffering from it, uh, you're in my thoughts and prayers for sure. Now, you guys, we are in 2021 now, and it has to be a better year. (laughs) But this year is going to be phenomenal, you guys. We need to make it phenomenal. And it's going to go back to normal and we're all going to be good. So, did you enjoy this week's episode? Yes! Haven't heard every single one yet? No need to cry, my friends. You can binge listen right now by hitting up any of the podcast platforms, such as CastBox, Deezer, Google Podcast, Pocket Cast, Podcast Republic, basically wherever you may roam to listen to your other phantomly amazing podcast, you'll probably find Paranormal Brawlers podcast lurking in the background. This week's special city shout outs go to Sharon, Pennsylvania, Thomasville, Georgia, St. Cloud, Florida, Clearfield, Pennsylvania, and Leeds, England. Thank you so much, you guys, for visiting. Please come back. Check out the newest episode next week, every Monday. And don't forget to subscribe. See you next week.